Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. Amen and amen. All right, let me just qualify what I am about to share with you this morning uh, because this is one of those messages where I have been vacillating since last night. Since I sent you my notes, Kelly, I have gone back and forth with where I want to land. Amen. And I think I finally decided on where I want to land because I think we're supposed to continue this train of thought because I believe that God wants to say more. He wants to say more about what it looks like to level up in our obedience and what the rewards, what the fruit of our obedience yields. Are y'all with me? And so, so, so leveling up, let's go back to, to, to the, the title of our sermon series. Leveling up is not just limited or restricted to what we do in video games and entertainment. You and I can also level up in our lives. Uh, leveling up in our lives, according to the Urban Dictionary, come on somebody, it means to make a move for the better in business or, or in life. How many of you are ready to make a move for the better in your own life personally? And not just make moves for the sake of making moves, but making moves knowing that God is with you. Come on, somebody, that your decisions and your choices and your actions are aligned with what God wants, not just what I want. Because the word obedience means to conform or comply to a set of instructions. 2019, what God desires of each of us. It's not just our compliance. Because the sense that we get from compliance is that it's an action. I comply with what you want, I do what you say. But we said last week that obedience is more than just an action. It is first an attitude. God desires not only our compliance, that we just do it. What is more important to God is our conformity, which is an inside job, which is the attitude. That on the inside, my disposition toward God is if God said it, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it fussing. I'm not going to do it complaining. I'm not going to do it angry. I'm not going to do it bitter. I'm not going to do it frustrated. I'm going to do it willingly. And that's why the writer said in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 9, notice Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, if you are willing and obedient, listen, if you are willing, that's an attitude. It is a, an inclination toward God and God's principles and God's precepts that I will be willing as I obey. Notice the promise. Notice the reward of our obedience. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good, the fat, and the increase of the land. And that's where God wants us to live on the increase, on the more, on the better side of life. One of the greatest discoveries that I've made, City Church, in my own life personally is that partial obedience is disobedience. Mm -hmm. Most times we limit our obedience to God to what is comfortable and convenient. But there are times when God will give us an instruction that pushes us beyond what we want, beyond what we like, and beyond what is comfortable for us. And we'll go back to a familiar passage of scripture and discover and discover not only the risk, but also the rewards 
but we'll get a glimpse into what the consequences may be for our disobedience. It's not only going to impact you, it impacts everyone and everything connected to you. And just as the blessing comes upon those who are connected to us for our obedience, there are consequences that fall upon those connected to us for our disobedience, whether it's total or partial. And what God is inviting us into, check this out, City Church, what God is inviting us into in 2019 is to level up, somebody say level up, level up in our obedience. That means he wants us to make decisions and choices that will make our lives so much better and we will tap in to the more and to the best of what he has already ordained and planned for us in this season. All right, we're about to dive into the word. Y'all get ready. Fasten your seatbelts because I'm going to go fast and furious. Are y'all with me? Here we go. Uh, Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Uh, I'm already calling an audible, uh, Kelly, just so you know, but this is the direction we need to go. I I, want to revisit a familiar story because this story recounts the life of the patriarch of our faith. Everything we believe as Christ followers traces back in its origin to this one man named Abraham. In fact, this is not just true for Christians, it's also true for Muslims, and it's also true for those who practice Judaism. We all look to Abraham as the patriarch of our faith. In fact, uh, Abraham is often called the father of our faith. And, 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 but I want to revisit Abraham's life, and here's why I want to do that. Because we're going to take the scenic route to where I want to land. Uh, about three weeks ago, the Lord began to minister to me concerning leveling up in obedience. And one of the passages he placed on my heart, hold your place in Genesis 12, but one of the passages he placed in my heart was Luke chapter 17 and verse 32. Now Jesus is giving this discourse about the end times. He's telling the disciples and the multitudes the signs of the times. And almost mid-sentence, as Jesus is looking over the audience, he makes what is seemingly a random comment. He's talking about the end times, and this is what Jesus said. Remember Lot's wife. And out of the blue, for three weeks, I've just been hovering over those three words. Remember Lot's wife. I said, Lord, you got to help me with this. Remember Lot's wife. Now, those of you who grew up in Sunday school, those of you who are familiar with Bible stories have probably heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that God in his providence rescued this family because of Abraham's intercession. Listen to this. What we often forget is that God was about to destroy the entire city, including Lot and his family. But for his uncle Abraham's intercession. 
And Abraham stands in the gap and begins to plead with God. And I love this account because the God in heaven says, I'm about to do this thing, but how can I do it unless I tell my friend Abraham? Let me tell you the kind of relationship that's available to us with God. God wants to call you friend. And God wants you and I to walk in such intimacy with him that he will withhold his decision making until he invites you into the process. And God will stay his hand of judgment and his hand of wrath until he talks to his friend Abraham. Oh, God was about to wipe them all out, including Lot. But as I'm studying the story, I was like, Okay, remember Lot's wife. You know the story. Uh, God is merciful. He's gracious. He sends two angels, uh, not just to tell them what to do, but to escort them safely out of Sodom and Gomorrah to Zoar, a place of refuge and a sanctuary. And the scripture says that as they exited the city and began to ascend the mountain, the, the, the angel gave them three very specific instructions. And one of those three instructions, remember, we're going to level up in our obedience, gave him three instructions. It's not okay to follow two and miss one because partial obedience is what? So she follows two of the three instructions. But there's a third instruction that Lot's wife ignores. The third instruction was don't look back. You know what God's saying to us in 2019? And when he calls us to level up in our obedience, one of the instructions he's giving us individually and as a church is don't look. It is possible for our feet to be leading us into the plan and purpose of God and our hearts long for what we left. And can you, can you understand this morning that what you left is something that God wants to destroy? Yet we still want to hold on and give life to the thing that God wants to destroy. And God says if my people are going to level up in their obedience, they're going to have to choose to let go of some things that I'm commanding them to leave behind. Because I'm destroying it once and for all. Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Where, 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 where you feel in your heart this pull from God to what is next. Yet there's this gravitational pull towards Sodom. Now, the more I studied it, I just felt like the Lord's saying there's more. And here's the question that I kept asking myself as I'm reading the story. I put myself in Lot's shoes. And the question I would ask myself, not even God, but the question I would ask myself, y'all ready for this? (laughs) Y'all ready for this? How did I get here? Yeah, how did I get here? How did we get here? Where we find ourselves on the run from a place we've called home for so long. How, how How do we get here? Y'all ready for this? There's a blues clue to the text. (laughs) 
All the parents know what I'm talking about. Come on, any Blue's Clues parents in the house? Come on. There's a Blue's Clue to the text. And it begins in Genesis 12. In fact, it begins before Genesis 12. I'm just going to go fast and furious with these verses. Y'all ready? Because this is Lot's backstory. Uh, you can't fully understand where God is taking you until you have an appreciation for where you've been. In fact, you can't make the necessary corrections in the future until you have an appreciation from where you've been, appreciation of where you've been, and the mistakes and the missteps you took so that you don't repeat what you did in the past that God is trying to destroy. Hmm? God wants to be in 2019, uh, not the God of what you lost. He wants to be the God of what you have left. And that's what he wanted to do here for Lot and his family. Because our God is redemptive in everything that he does. How did I get here? Y'all ready for this? Genesis chapter 11 and verse 27. It is our first introduction to Abraham and his family. And the scripture begins in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 27 by introducing Abraham's father, Terah. In Genesis chapter 11 verse 27, the text picks up and says, this is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, of Nahor, and Haran. So Terah had three sons. But notice this, it goes a little bit further and tells us that Haran was the father of Lot. So there's three brothers, all right, Abram, Haran, and Nahor. Uh, uh, Haran has a son named Lot, which, if you understand genealogies and how they work, that would make Lot Abraham's what? Very good, class. <laughs> Y'all are audit. But in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 31, <laughs> the scripture says, One day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, she's not Sarah yet, Abraham's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans because he was headed for the land of Canaan. Check this out. But they stopped at Haran and settled there. I've got to talk about that for a second because what's not included in the two verses that I just read to you is the fact that Haran, Terah's third son, died prematurely. It is a painful thing as a parent to outlive your child. In fact, there is something unnatural about it. In the natural order of things, a parent gets old, they live a long and healthy life, and their children outlive them. This is a painful moment in Terah's life because his third son, his youngest boy, dies. Have you ever been in a situation where it's too painful for you to stay where you've been? Because everything you did reminded you of your loss? Y'all hear what I'm saying? When we read these stories, can I just remind you that these are real people with real problems? just like you and me. These are people who experience pain and loss. And so Tara makes this decision, man. He said, I've got to leave my home and I just need a fresh start. <laughs> I just need a new beginning. I don't want to think about this no more. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this no more. 
And he takes his son Abram, and he takes Abram's wife, Sarah, and he brings his nephew Lot, who is now without a father. I can understand the mercy. I can understand the generosity. I can understand the father's heart being expressed toward this nephew who suddenly lost his dad. It makes sense if we're going to move, we ain't going to leave you behind. We're going to bring us with you. Are you with me? And notice what the scripture says, where they were headed. They were heading to Canaan. But as they're traveling to Canaan, the scripture says, interestingly enough, that they stopped. They stopped on their way to their next destination. In fact, they stopped at the halfway point. As I'm reading the scripture, I begin to ask myself, why did they stop? Of all the places they could have stopped, why did they stop right here? And I said, well, maybe because it was the halfway point, and it was. But notice the name of the town where they stopped. The name of the town was Haran. The name of the son that he had lost. And he stopped there. Can I just say this to you, City Church? It is only when you complete your grief that you will continue your growth. You and I cannot grow beyond the grief that we have left unresolved. It will stop you in your tracks. Every trigger will stop you. Every trigger will keep you from moving beyond until you deal with the thing that's hurting you. Y'all ain't listening to what I'm saying. Because wherever you go, there you are. It doesn't matter if you change your your location. You're going to bring it with you. You're going to bring the pain with you. You're going to bring the grief with you. And notice where they were going. They were going to Canaan. The word uh, Haran in Akkadian, the Akkadian language means crossway. That when it came to this halfway point, it was a crossway. And I think in our lives, every day we are faced with crossways. That crossway simply means you got a choice to move on or go back. But notice what they did. They settled there. They settled in Canaan. This is Genesis 11. I'm sorry, they settled in Haran. Now, interestingly enough, the narrative picks up in Genesis chapter 12. Because now God shows up to Abram, and this is what he says to Abram. He says, Abram, I want you all to hear this now. Uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, and uh, Damon just preached the process of the promise so beautifully from this same passage. Uh, But how many of you realize that the word of God is inexhaustible? You can look at the same text over and over and over and over and see something new. All right. What are we talking about? We're talking about Lot's backstory. I want to remind you of what we're talking about. We're talking about Lot's backstory. We're talking about obedience. We're talking about obeying instruction, and the instruction was don't look back. But in order to understand the looking back, you got to ask yourself, how did I even get here? That's what we're dealing with. Lot and his family didn't just pop up one day in Sodom and Gomorrah and say, how did we get here? There there was a process. (laughs) 
And can I tell you this? That what ended as Sodom and Gomorrah started with one man's disobedience. Y'all ain't listening to what I'm saying. What ended in Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot's wife becoming a pillar of salt started with one man's disobedience. So in Genesis chapter 12, verse number one, it's not, not, it says, now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of, of your country. What's he says, so, okay, I'm going to leave this place. Just the second part. From your family. And from your father's house. To a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Look at verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. If I were God, and I looked down from heaven after I had a conversation with Abraham and said, leave this country and leave your family. And just in case you don't know what I mean by your family, I mean your father's house. That means all your kinfolk. If I were God looking down from heaven on Abraham leaving Haran, and I saw Lot following him, I would have not, in, in Liberia we do this thing, when the kids are bad, you get good two knuckles. And you get them right on the crown of their head. We say, I'm going to conk your head. And there's a technique to it. You can't go like, you got you to gotta kind of skim it like that and get them with the two knuckles right here. I did it to Levi one time. I didn't get him real good because he got that, that high top fade. I didn't really. And all the time, he said, Daddy, come conk my head. <laughs> he wants me to do it all the time. I'm like, son, you don't really want me to do that to you. No, I would have conked his head if I were God. I would have said, Abraham, do you understand the words that's coming out of my mouth? I told you to leave everybody. Why Lot tagging along? The scripture says, and Lot went with him. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know the conversation that was had. But maybe there was something in Abraham's heart that said, I, I can't leave my nephew. He just lost his dad. Can I just submit to you that a good idea a noble idea that contradicts the instruction of God is always a bad. Even if it means helping your nephew. I'm talking to somebody this morning. That if God has given you an instruction to leave something. A place. A people. Obey him. Because God, if he wanted you to bring them along, would have told you. And if he told them, told you to leave them behind, it is God's intention to take care of them. Right. 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 Not you. 
Y'all not listening to me this morning. I'm talking about how did they get there? It was one man's obedience. Now, I love Abraham. I'm sorry, one man's disobedience. Thank you, baby. You listening. You're not a Cowboys fan. Yes, we are. You loyal and we fasting. Jesus' name. All right. What was I talking about? One man's disobedience. Um, yeah. Good idea that contradicts the instruction of God. Always a bad idea. Let me tell you something about Abraham. I hate no Abraham. <laughs> Because when, when you read the New Testament, it talks about how Abraham was strong in faith and never wavered in faith. And when you read the New Testament, you would think this cat was perfect. But this is the same dude under pressure told the king, this ain't my wife, this my sister. <laughs> and you can take her as long as as you don't kill me. It's the same Abraham. The patriarch of our faith. Didn't do it just once. Did it twice. Not only that. <laughs> after he had waited on the promise, y'all. <laughs> for a minute. Come on, somebody. Sarah showed up one day. Said, man. This ain't about to happen. This promise God gave us, if it's going to happen, it can't happen through me. So here's our servant girl. Abraham was like, for real? <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> this same Abraham, this same Abraham, who when we read this, the New Testament could do no wrong. Here he is struggling with God's instruction. Are y'all with me? Let me tell you something about the Bible. The New Testament is like the final cut of a movie. And Wendy and I from time to time will go rent movies. We'll go to Redbox, Right? We'll go to, uh, we got family video right next door. We got Netflix. Can never find anything on Netflix that I want to watch when I want to watch it. But we got Netflix too. But one of my favorite things when I rent a DVD, man, is I go to the special features, right? Because when you go to the special features, you can, you can find the deleted scenes. Yeah. If all you and I read was the New Testament and we read about Abraham, this dude would be spotless and perfect. But every now and then, God leaves in some deleted seeds. The Old Testament captures the deleted scenes of Abraham's life. Not the perfect part that we read about in the New Testament. But the parts of his life that are left in the text for our admonition. We need to learn some things from this. Because partial obedience 
is disobedience. And even if Abraham was well-meaning and said, I can't leave Lot behind, we're about to witness what his disobedience caused, not only in his own life, but now in Lot's life as well. Genesis chapter 5 and verse 12 says, So he took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran. And he headed for the land of what? Canaan. Most Bible uh, commentators believe that Abram was simply finishing what his father, Terah, started. They believe and they suggest that the promise may have first been given to Terah. But Terah stopped short. Okay, can I tell you that there are some promises that you will forfeit if you don't deal with your pain? Okay. Genesis chapter 13 and verse 1 uh, says, So Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. And verse 5 says, Lot, was, who was traveling with Abram, ha, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and many tents. In fact, Lot is now blessed because of Abraham. And that is deceptive. Can I tell you that if we're not careful, we will confuse success with the blessing of God? And the two are not the same. Yet Lot becomes wealthy and he begins to prosper because of his association and his affiliation with Abram. In fact, the scripture says, notice Genesis chapter 13 and verse 5. It says that Lot, who was traveling with Abraham, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and many tents. Verse 6, but the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and their herds living so close together. Abraham, the uncle, Lot, the nephew, are balling out of control. I mean, they don't even have enough land, enough pasture for their flocks. And in verse 7, it says, so there was a dispute that broke out between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. And at that time, Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land. In verse 8, finally, Abram said to Lot, look, man, hey, 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 pump the brakes, nephew. Nephew Tommy, check this out. Let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. Can, 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 I, can I just say this? Uh, uh, when helping you hmm, is hurting me, I've become an enabler. Y'all didn't hear that. Yeah. When helping them is hurting you, you have become an enabler. Where did it all start? It started in Genesis 12. God said, leave everybody. Now it's creating problems for me. God sent me here. Now I ain't got no place to put my flocks and my cattle. Now my life is consumed with accommodating you. But you shouldn't have been here in the first place. 
Now I got to deal with it. So, 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 so guess what Abraham does in verses 10 through 12? Abraham said, look, there's not enough room here for both of us. <laughs> this town ain't big enough for two of us. Pick a spot. I'll give you first dibs. And, and, and so Lot took a long look. This is Genesis 13, 10 through 12. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of, Jordan, of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere. It was an oasis in the midst of the desert, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Somebody say, how did I get here? This is how it happened. This is how it happened. Number one, Lot wasn't even supposed to be there. But now, Abraham said, this thing is creating problems. Go your way. We close relatives. Pick a spot. Notice what he picked. He picked the well-watered oasis. It was good to the eyes. <laughs> can, 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 I, can I just say this to you, City Church? If you and I are going to level up in our obedience in 2019, and I told this on the prayer call, if you and I are going to level up in our obedience in 2019, we got to take the bird box challenge. Some of y'all nodding because you've seen the bird box. Uh, some of you have seen the memes. He said, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? Well, we were on family vacation over the winter, and Nia said, Daddy, can we watch Bird Box? It's a Netflix movie. I said, what's Bird Box? He said, there's memes everywhere. People had on blindfolds, and they were doing the Bird Box challenge. And because we had some time, and I wanted to spend some quality time with my daughter, I said, okay, let's watch Bird Box. The whole premise of the movie is that there's like these invisible beings you can't see well you can't see them but you can see them right in the movie you can't see them uh, but you can see them and if you see them okay let me put my disclaimer in <laughs> i am not endorsing bird box if you choose to watch it you are watching it of your own volition not because pastor ray said it's not a bad movie it's just a suspense movie. It is, so if, if, you, if you see this thing, right, then, then, then you take your life. So it's kind of morbid. So, so everybody's walking around with blindfolds. The only way you survive is if you're blindfolded. Because what you see will kill you. That's why the scripture says we walk by what? Because what you see may be appealing to the eye, but ultimately it will be your destruction. The invitation that God has given us in 2019 is if you choose to walk by what you see, it may end up hurting you more than you imagine. So in the movie, Bird Box Challenge, Sandra Bullock, she's got two kids. Uh, uh, her character is real twisted, man. Wouldn't even name, name the kids. She's like disconnected. She's got a son and a daughter, and she calls them boy and girl. But here's the thing about this, this story. Uh, they found this frequency where there were people who had made it safely away to this haven where there were just these birds flying. And I guess if the, if, if the birds are chirping, then the thing can't attack you. I don't know. I didn't figure that part out. It was just weird, man. I didn't figure that part out. But they had to get to this place where there was a bunch of birds. 
Now, they had two birds in a little cage, right, in a little cage. But here's the deal. They were blindfolded, couldn't see, but they followed a voice that told them this is where we are. And this is how you can get to us. Get in this little boat, get on this little river, and it will bring you to us. But on the way, you will hit these rapids. If you survive the rapids blindfolded, can you imagine being a little kayak thing and you hit the rapids, can't even take off your blindfold? If you survive the rapids, you will enter this peaceful stream and you'll know you're there. You know what the bird box challenge is? Lot was moved by what he saw. Oh, this is the perfect job. Oh, perfect race. Oh, perfect house. Oh, opportunity to move. Oh, opportunity to do this. And we move by what we see. And we go and move and pitch our tent in Sodom and Gomorrah. Instead of walking by faith. How do we get here? Shouldn't have been there in the first place. Now your people causing problems for my people, so pick a spot. And now he goes to this well-watered plain. He is moved only by what he sees, by what he can explain. Oh, here's another one, by what he can control. Resist the urge in 2019 to make decisions based only on what you can control. I promise you I'm about to wrap it up. This is the part I like. This is the part I like. Because up until this point, Abram is still Abram. God has not cut covenant with him yet. He's got a bunch of stuff, but he's not God's covenant man yet. But look at verse 13. Guess what God does as soon as Lot is out the picture? Uh, Y'all ain't listening to me. Y'all ain't listening to me. I'm telling you, there are things that have been held up. There are things that God, in your life, God ain't even going to touch until, until you follow the last instruction he gave you. Notice, notice, Genesis 13, 14. Notice when God did, he says, after Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction. He said, you thought you were blessed. You thought you had a whole lot of stuff. But he said, now that you are obeying me, now that you do what I told you to do, all that other stuff, that success, that was your own effort. Now, because you obey me, you look as far as your eye can see. What you did for yourself had limitations. What I'm about to you do in your life because of your obedience, just look as far as you can see. It's all yours. And God enters into covenant with Abram, changes his name to Abraham. He goes from being exalted father, his name Abram meant exalted father, one with honor, to being the father of many nations. When did it happen? After he dealt with his partial obedience. Are y'all with me? And I'm about to wrap it up. Did I say that already? Okay, so this is my second one. Snap, I got one more left. <laughs> got to use it wisely. I got one more, one more. Okay, so here it is, here it is. 
Here it is. Here it is. Um, Lot goes his way, and he gets into more trouble. Because now he's in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the scripture says about that time, war broke out in the region. Uh, when the war broke out, they also attacked Lot. And they took Lot, and they took all his possessions. One of Lot's servants escapes, and he goes and tells Abram, or Abraham now. So he goes and tells Abraham. Abraham was straight up gangster. If you read the scripture, it said he had 348 trained men that were part of his house. And they went after these kings who had taken his nephew Lot. They pursued them. They rescued Lot. Abraham was like Liam Neeson. I have a very unique set of skills. Come on, somebody. Gangster. He went and got his nephew and brought him back. But notice all the stuff that Abraham had to deal with just because he didn't leave Lot where he was supposed to be. So he goes and rescues him again. Notice, number one, he's having issues. He ain't got no land. Man, take the land you want. He's living in the land. Now war breaks out. Abraham got to rescue him again. Now he's in Sodom. And God is about to destroy the city. Abraham got to pray for him again in order to save his life. How did they get there? One man's disobedience. Now, again, I don't know what God intended for Lot and his family. It sure wasn't that. You and I in 2019 must deal with the pull toward the things that God is bringing us out of. And the Lord told me crystal clay. He said, Ray, in 2019, tell them to level up in their obedience. But in leveling up in their obedience, don't look back. Don't look back. 2018 was what it was. 2017 was what it was. 2016 was what it was. It may have been good for some. It may have been bad for others. It may have been ugly for others. But God says, don't look back. The Lord said to me, this was about three weeks ago, he said, remember Lot's wife. Turn to a pillar of salt on her way to leveling up in God. What, what, what is God saying to us this morning? He's saying, let it go. He's saying, don't look back. He's saying, trust me. He's saying walk by faith, not by sight. He's saying all those things. So uh, with every head bowed and every eye closed, y'all notice only had two closings. I got one token left for next week. <laughs> only two. Y'all remember the days of uh, Leo, I mean, uh, uh, what do they call them? Rollover minutes. Singular wireless. Come on, somebody. Anybody remember back in the day when you had your, your circle? You had five? The, yeah. T-Mobile, if you're on T-Mobile, you had your five, your circle. Y'all remember uh, when Sprint was doing something when you could do free phone calls after nine. Y'all remember that? It was free after nine? Yeah. Why am I even talking about it? I have no idea. <laughs> Why am I talking about this, huh? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is my rollover minute. I'm saving this clothes that I didn't use. I'm warning you, I didn't use my third clothes. I'm going to use it sometime in the future. Yeah, yeah, it won't expire. Oh, it expired after today? Okay. 
Oh, next Sunday. Okay, I got to use it next Sunday. Come on, City Church, let's pray. Let's pray. Uh, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I have no idea what your lot is. Notice I said not who. I didn't say who. I said what. Lord, would you help us today to examine our hearts? We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at If you were encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text citychurchtv and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.